nuggets. <laughs> so, um, do we need to do any introduction for that, or? I think we're good. Just okay, start. great. Well, this is Mike Renzi, in case you're wanting to know who's talking. Uh, but the, the thing that, that I have learned over the years, uh, because I used to think of the fruit of the Spirit, or the fruits of the Spirit from Galatians 5, 22, uh, that these are the things that we should be adopting as Christians. Like, I need, to be, I, I need the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and the goodness and the faithfulness and the gentleness and the self-control. I need those things in my world. So I want to practice being more loving. I want to practice being mm -hmm. more joyful. And at some point, I don't know when it was, but I had this flip realization that this is not my job, it's the job of the Spirit. Exactly. It's the yeah. fruit of the Spirit. And that was probably most helpful for me because I began to relax mm -hmm. and pay more attention to the Spirit that dwelled within me. Rather than saying, you know, I'm not doing really well with patience, I'm really impatient, and I pray for it, and I thank God, and I think, oh, because I'm, I'm thinking that it's on me. Mm -hmm. So the more that I pay attention to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and saying, oh God, this is your work in my life. This is what you want to produce in my life. I might be standing in the way. Help me to pay attention to the things that I need to relax so that your spirit mm -hmm. can flow more freely. So that in those moments when Mike stands in the way of wanting to be loving, that I say, this is not about me, God. How would you think about How would you operate? And I'm not kidding you. That has just changed the way that I think about mm -hmm. my life, you know? And so when I'm, uh, there was a conversation we had yesterday about some of the things that, that Nadine said I probably am most impatient with, and one of them was um, while in the car uh, <laughs> driving, that uh, I tend to uh, exert a little bit more impatience and it, you aren't a big road tripper. Uh, I, well, lo we I are love. actually big road trippers. It's it's the general driving around Nashville oh, okay. that you know, getting on the interstate and people just the way they drive and they weave and they cut off, cut you off, Without and it's just like using turn signals. It, it's just very scary, and you know, I have this tendency to want to teach them a lesson. You know, uh, so I either want to get close to their bumper or I want to get right beside them and shake my fist at them, uh, or I want to get around them and he then put my do it. Put my brakes on, you know, that's kind of what I used to do and how I used to think until I realized you're expending a lot of energy, Mike, on someone you don't even know. Mm -hmm. You need to just like put the brake on and let them come in and back off. And, and you know, what, what that really represents mm -hmm. is it's kind of like the Spirit of God is taking over and saying, relax on this one, Mike. Save your energy for the things that really matter, for the people that you really care about. Mm -hmm. Instead of someone that you will never know, you'll never meet, you'll never even know their name. Why not pray for them? Mm -hmm. And so I don't do that perfectly. But I do try to think about that when somebody's really being crazy. Just say, oh, God, please bless them on their journey. Help them to be more calm. Help them not to be in such a rush. Mm -hmm. But help me also. And, and it's kind of that internal work of letting the Holy Spirit do its job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was something in kind of an introduction <coughs> class. Do you all know Nate Underwood? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we love him. We mm -hmm. mentored him. I, okay. I did their wedding. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, I wonderful. Um, so, you know, big farmer, gardener. He yeah. has lots of fruit trees. And so we have him um, from kind of the agriculture perspective and then George Goldman for the theological okay. kind of biblical perspective. So it was a really good. But one thing Nate mentioned is the 
you know, kind of the the job of a farmer or a Gardener. fruit fruit mm-hmm. fruit farmer. It isn't to you know grow fruit. It's to take care of the soil. Mm-hmm. And if you take care of the soil, then the fruit is a natural byproduct. It's just going to happen. Nice. And I was like, that is so, that's basically what you explain yeah. is if you take care of your soil, these fruits are just naturally going yeah. to come out of you. Yeah. And so it's all you know. It's less like. Oh, I need to be more joyful. I need to be more peaceful. It's, I need to take care of my soil. And if I take care of my soil, then I will be more joyful. Yeah, that's right. right. I will be more peaceful. Mm. Excellent. He is such a wise man, Mm -hmm. Nate. Mm. He has so much wisdom. Yeah, so yesterday when we were talking about Mm -hmm. this, I said, let's let's think about one another. And that's what Mike said. I, he he helped me see where, where I think where I am the most impatient and I helped him see. Because often we don't, I don't think that we as individuals necessarily recognize mm-hmm. where we may need some work, you know. I mean, we probably recognize some things, but sometimes if we have someone who's really close to us that we know really cares about us and loves us, they can be honest with us and not hurt us, you know. So, yeah, I told Mike, probably he's most impatient when he's driving. <laughs> And I am, and he helped me to see, and I did, I did know this, but I am probably most impatient when I'm tired. Mm. So we didn't learn that until several years, well, maybe it didn't take us several years, a few years into marriage, that we uh, cannot really have a, a discussion where we make any major decisions or, or a point, a, a topic, that is already an irritation, mm-hmm. we probably shouldn't talk about it after nine o'clock at night <laughs> because I just don't have as much patience. Yeah. So that, you know, the physical comes in to it as well as spiritual, I think, mm-hmm. because I am, my soil is much more ready to bear fruit when I am well uh, rested. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's helpful to learn those things too. Yeah. So we, uh, we have learned some of those things mm-hmm. so over we, the years. Because we do <coughs> daily walks, or almost every day, it's a perfect time because we're refreshed, we've had a good night of sleep, we get up, we're walking, and our best conversations are in the morning, early mm-hmm. in the morning while we walk around our neighborhood. We've got a nice three-mile loop that we do, and uh, you just have a little bit more attentiveness to what's being said, you have more energy to not say things that are hurtful or to raise questions that maybe mm-hmm. the timing is not. It's just like, oh, we're sharper. Mm-hmm. We're bringing our best game instead of what we learned after nine. It was our worst game <laughs> because mm-hmm. that's when my sarcasm would kind of surface <laughs> uh, more easily because it's like, you know, I just didn't have as much right. uh, mm-hmm. energy to give to being kind and thoughtful and letting the Holy Spirit do its work. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and I highlighted it for you in addition to being tired was technology. She just yeah. she gets most impatient with mm-hmm. uh, technology just because it doesn't always work like you want it to. And then we also talked about um, the Enneagram. Are you you all familiar with the Enneagram? I am. Are you Lizzie? Do you know what the Enneagram is? It's a it's like a I don't know if you call it a personality, yeah, a personality inventory theory. kind theory. of thing. Yeah. Like oh. the Myers Briggs personality inventory, the Enneagram, that kind of thing. Your your Hogwarts house. <coughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I took in some personality tests for like career counseling. Yeah. But like I don't so know about that any 
trauma about them that okay that one. particular one yeah there's a lot of them out there but but that one that one really highlights uh, some spiritual some mm-hmm. the the deep part of our because we had done the Myers Briggs uh, personality inventory when we'd been married maybe ten years mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that and it it indicated some things that we probably knew about ourselves deep down but it really brought them out. When you can read it in black and white, mm-hmm. it's so helpful. Because we were raised in two different ways, you know, by different families. And early on um, in our marriage, we differed on how we wanted to resolve if we had a conflict. And I know we're supposed to talk about patience, and I will get to that. <laughs> conflict and patience go hand in hand. Yes. So, you know, my in Mike's family, they really stuck to the letter of the law, the scripture that says, don't let the sun go down on your anger, your wrath, whatever, you know. Well, we didn't know yet that I couldn't, I couldn't be civil mm-hmm. like after 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> so we would have discussions when we were first married, and if it was a topic that was a sore point, Mike would try to force me because we really, he would say, we really need to mm-hmm. resolve this. Something I didn't know about myself is that it takes me, I, I process internally, and then I can discuss something. Well, he can just come up with it and discuss it quickly. And so it, he, we didn't realize yet that we were different in that way. Mm-hmm. And so once we realized, once he realized that I needed time to process so that I could be patient and listen and not just say awful things, <laughs> which I, I had never done growing up. I mean, you know. She contributed me as the source of all of her <laughs> yeah. anger and her. Because <laughs> you were her safe person. I was. <laughs> well, not always. But, yeah, yeah, but. but when we figured that out, he, I told him, I said, Mike, it's not that I don't want to resolve this conflict. It's that I need time to think about it so that I can speak patiently and lovingly and, and make sense when I'm talking to you. So he would let me, I would just take off on my bike and I would just say, I need a little time. And he'd say, okay. So I'd take off and ride my bike and calm down and pray and really think about the conflict mm-hmm. and what was underlying and what I really felt like I wanted to express to Mike about my feelings about why we were in conflict about it. And then after an hour or so, I could come back and we could have a healthy discussion. Mm-hmm. And learning that about ourselves helped us be so much more patient with one another. So understanding someone's personality, understanding your own personality and how God made you, Mm -hmm. is so revealing when it comes to the fruits of the Spirit, I think. Mm -hmm. So so was that difficult for you at first, to to have that patience to let her, because, you know, it seems like this, you know, it's it's this big question mark, right? right. It's like exactly. it's this unsolved thing, and it's like, no, we need to do this now. So what my experience was, because I grew up with three brothers, and, you know, my, my family, having friendly bantering was just part of growing mm-hmm. up. And so, you know, you could 
you just learn how to think quickly on your feet. And and her emotion, I, with brothers, we had like two emotions, <laughs> you know, glad and mad. That was it. Yeah. Uh, and and for her, there's a lot of emotion. Part of that's being female, no doubt. But she processes emotionally, and I don't. I process analytically. And so I. I have. Let's let's get let's get on this. It doesn't have to be a long conversation, but she is like fumbling at words, trying to get her thoughts together and not making sense, and she's just kind of twisted in her own. And then uh, I would emotion. start to cry, yeah, for say, instance, and he would say, "Why are you crying?" And I'd be like, "I don't know. I just am. I don't yeah. know. I just am." So you know, that's, as that made no, no analytic sense to him. As, <laughs> as young couples, you know, we're just trying to figure out how to be together, and and so you know, I would push her. You know, thinking, okay, I need to use my analytical mind here to help her kind of stay focused. But that was only frustrating her more and more. But the moment that she realized, Mike, I need some time to process. Will you be okay if I go on a walk or ride my bike and then come back and then we can have a conversation? And I thought, well, that's, that's analytic. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I go, oh, I can do that, honey. And that was a shift, um, an amazing shift in our marriage. Because that, she would say, I, I just need some time to think of it. Okay. Because then I knew, she, whatever, if she needed all night long, okay, that's fine. I can wait because I know when she comes back or when she's ready, she will have thought it through and she'll be ready to offer. And the conversations went so much more quickly. And it's almost like the conflict was set aside because we were, we were having conflict over the way we process mm. rather and then, and than the topic. It. We didn't yeah. even know that. We, we were off topic because I couldn't understand why she was so emotional. She says, you're just too cold hearted. You just, you know, and it's just like, um, you know, it's like, oh, but you know, that <laughs> tension, I think allowed ultimately God's Holy Spirit to emerge where we were more patient with each other about it. She was patient with herself because she realized I'm frustrated that I can't think so quickly. Mm -hmm. And so it gave her a chance to push the pause button and kind of breathe and go on a bike ride and she'd you know, use the physical energy and then she'd start thinking and she came back and sometimes she'd come back and she'd say, let's talk about this in the morning. I said, I'm good with that. But it was, we could go to bed at peace, which was what yeah. I wanted to do. And even though we didn't have it solved, it didn't matter because the emotion was not interfering mm -hmm. any longer. And it just was, it yeah. was a good thing. I think it was a God thing. Yeah, so then we tried to think of some specific times when, mm -hmm. like even recently, when we, when our patience has really been tried. And it was kind of hard to come up with particular situations. Uh, but just on our drive this morning, we, we had our, we have our, our first grandchildren, our twins, twin girls. Mm -hmm. And we moved here when they were only two and a half, and now they're 16 and a half. And we had one of them, Abigail, spent the night last night. So we were driving here this morning on our way to church. She was in the car with us. And so we were talking about this class on patience. And she said, wow, I can think of a time when we all really had to have some patience. So we took them, they turned 16 last June. Mm -hmm. So for their uh, birthday present, we gave them a trip. And so the day after Christmas, we took them to the Keys, the Florida oh, Keys. Nice. And we were there for a week. And we had a wonderful time. But the last day here in Nashville, there was a bad storm. It was supposed to snow. January 1st, I think it was. That first big storm came mm -hmm. in. 
So we're at the airport in Miami waiting for our flight, and it all of a sudden gets wiped off the board. It's not there. It's canceled. So anyway, long story short. this was short, after several postponements. Yeah. So, I mean, it was quite a day. So we knew, we thought then that we were going to be sitting in the Miami airport for several hours until like 2.30, and then they canceled it all together. I'm like, what are we going to do? They rescheduled us to Tuesday. Two days this later. This is Sunday. We're like, what are we, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? Two days. Our Airbnb down in the Keys is gone, mm -hmm. you know. So it took a lot of patience and a lot of uh, trying to keep smiles on our faces. Mm -hmm. And she said, we all learned a lot of patience <laughs> that day. Because ultimately, Mike had to do a whole lot of finagling and stood in line at the car rental place be, you know, to get a, a car one way, because we only needed a car one way. We had yeah. to get to Sarasota. That was the only flight out of Florida going to Nashville. Sarasota. Yeah, that day. So it was like a three and a half three hour hours, yeah. drive. And we couldn't get it. We couldn't get a car because you usually it's a loop, you know, mm -hmm. a one way. So he showed a lot of patience. And said, I, you, "You girls, you helped your papa with this because I, w I was always monitoring my my own emotions because mm -hmm. things were just like, it, we were all in turmoil. I mean, and, and everybody, the airport was in it was packed. total disruption because all of these flights were being canceled mm -hmm. out of Miami. So you know, it was not short lines in any way, and the, it was just like shoulder to shoulder in the entire Miami airport and waiting for rental cars. And I mean, it was just the worst." Possible case. So I said, you girls actually helped me maintain with the help of God. Because I always mm -hmm. want to be mindful of what is my emotion showing? What are my words showing? I we don't want them to... examples for our grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you know. It, it, and additionally, at the time, you had the Omicron spiking. So it's yeah. like that had just this whole yes. other oh, layer that's right. yeah. of all, tension where it's like, I thought we were done with this, and now there's this super. That's exactly right. And we right. had the most fantastic week. The uh -huh. weather was perfect. Our Airbnb was a lovely little place right on the water, oh, and man. you know we've had a great week, so we didn't want to end it in a. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> we didn't want them to see us because because we got a little testy with each other <laughs> over what should we do, you know what what are we going to do here, and we really didn't want to end our week, and so we didn't. Mm -hmm. We just trusted in God, mm -hmm. and and really really had to have a lot of patience. And they did too. They mm -hmm. did too. So yeah, and I had a very similar um, experience in undergrad, where for a month I was an exchange student in La Paz, Bolivia, mm -hmm. and so I was coming back home after a month, um, also in the Miami airport, and flight gets delayed, and it's like, okay, you know, it's a couple hours, that's yeah. fine, um, and then it gets delayed again. And again, and so to make matters worse, um, my family had used. I, this is like the only month this has ever happened. They used all the, the cellular, oh, yeah. like all all of the data for the month. <laughs> and this was like at the very end of the month, oh. so I didn't have that. And the Wi-Fi, you in the Miami airport was only one hour before you oh. had to start paying. And so I was just like, okay, I guess I'm gonna get lunch. You know, I was expecting to get lunch in Atlanta when I got picked up. Um, so I go to the McDonald's, and I'm like, okay, I just want a 
double quarter pounder, large fries. It's one of those huge syrupy sweet teas. Um, you know, welcome to America. Some, some comfort food. Right. And so I get that, and, and you know, I take my order. And so when I, they hand me the tea, it's in like a normal Coke, you know, cup that you get like a large Coke, not the giant styrofoam behemoth the sweet tea comes in. So I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. I try it, it's unsweet. And you know, here you think Florida's in the South, you think McDonald's <laughs> menu is the same all over the country, no. You can't get sweet tea apparently in McDonald's out of the oh South. So that was just like the final straw. Mm. And so before that, I, I called my mom, I called my stepdad, I called Hannah. Um, just trying to get a hold of someone and no one was answering. And so about that time, Hannah calls me back. And bless her heart, she was just the recipient of all of that just oh, pent up, yeah. pent up <laughs> angst. And I was, you know, I have had to apologize many times because it was. She was like the first person I talked to, you mm. know. And so on the flip side, a couple of years later, um, Hannah and I were studying abroad in Chile for six months. And so for whatever reason, the cheapest flight was Air Canada from Atlanta to Toronto and then down to Lima, Peru. And then to Santiago. <laughs> it was like a couple hundred dollars cheaper wow. than going like straight from Atlanta down there. Crazy. So um, because of snow, and this is in February, um, we're going down to the southern hemisphere where it's like, summer right. you know we're we're wearing summer clothes because we were going to get off the plane in Santiago right <laughs> uh, and our flight gets delayed in Toronto and they're like well we can get you through in the morning through Mexico City and then and so I was like you know what let's just spend a couple I was like how long do we Enjoy have Toronto. Yeah. how long do we have to reschedule the flight and they're like a week I was like okay let's you know, four days. So we got an Airbnb downtown. It was 20 degrees, so we had to, like, <laughs> yeah. and they got us a hotel for one night. So that was nice that the airline did that. Mm. Um, but it was just like, let's just, you know, and it was fun because the Winter Olympics were going mm. on. And so all the commercials were like, Canada is like, every four years, the world turns to Canada. <laughs> you know, this is our time to shine. This is our time to kick butt. Um, so it was just so much of a better experience, you know, just yes. realizing, okay, like, didn't plan this, but hey, we just can go with the flow. We can make it work. Yeah. It's good to uh, develop one's character in those moments, and mm -hmm. if, you know, I think as as Jesus followers, we're always thinking about that. Maybe not in real time as much as afterwards, while we reflect, is say, you know what? Wait a minute, I need to find a way to incorporate. The truths that are happening in real time, not focusing on the things that are troubling me, because it's the truths that help us get through those. Mm. Whether it's it's prayerfulness, or whether it's uh, scripture that we meditate on, or whether it's things that we've developed, because it's the lessons that we've learned to navigate. And you know, for us at our age, you look back and you see every, everything. Like I, I really don't live with regrets, even though there've been some choices that I think would have been maybe better made in another way. Mm -hmm. I think those things were still lessons being taught. And, and I think for Jesus followers, God is shaping us in those moments. We just have to pay attention to how he's shaping us. See, like uh, the experience this past um, January, you know, I think, wow, I've got an opportunity to demonstrate to our granddaughters 
mm-hmm. how, how one operates in the midst of disruption. When things don't go according to our plans, you think, oh, the evil one wants us to get angry, upset, start blaming somebody, and you know, somehow use our anger to get our way. You know? But God is saying, well, here's where you have a chance to shine, Mike, with how can you be loving to an attendant who has no power whatsoever to mm-hmm. uh, make things change, you know, yeah. to change things for you. How can you display joy even in the midst of, there's nothing much joyful about this. How can you show patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control, and self-control yeah. in the midst? And it's like, oh God, you are in, you are trying to shape me right now in real time. And that just stayed with me. So mm-hmm. I, I was monitoring my thoughts, which direct my words yeah. and then which direct my behavior. And I think, wow, I'm glad, you know, I, wasn't always that way because I wasn't always paying attention. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to think like, oh, uh, I heard recently at, a, at a, a panel that I was on, somebody said, you know, life is the only thing where you get tested first and then you learn the lesson. You know, whereas in school we learn the lessons and then we're tested. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, so, oh, life, I'm being tested now. Uh, and, and there's a lesson here. <clears throat> What's the lesson, Mike? Can you fast forward and think of like God wants me to learn this in the midst of this so that I can be a happier, joyful, mm-hmm. more confident person going forward? And wow. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like I said earlier, I have a three year old. I have some allergies going on. Oh, yeah, you're good. Um, I have a three year old. <coughs> And so he has recently been on the YouTube train. Um, so, you know, he, he liked Netflix and Disney, but for whatever reason, there's, there'll be these videos of kids playing with toys, like playing with cars and stuff, and they'll have hundreds of millions of views. I mean, it's, it's insane how it just become this, you know, kids just love watching other kids play with toys. It's really interesting. But, like, I'm not that old, but when I was growing up, you know, okay, if Spongebob was on, then I'm going to watch Spongebob. But if, you know, Ed, Ed, and Eddie's on, I didn't really like Ed and Eddie, so I'm not going to watch TV. I'm going to go find something else to do. And so it seems like as technology is advancing and everything is, you know, at our fingertips, um, that patience is kind of a lot harder to come by. And that we are, you know, a society built on instant gratification, instant... Mm-hmm. You know, we can order Amazon food groceries to our door. We can order DoorDash and Uber yeah. Eats. To everything is at our fingertips. So, you know, what are ways that you think we can cultivate patience in a society that, because of technology and other things, has become increasingly less patient? It is such a great question, Jacob. And, in fact, Nadine and I talked about that um, over our conversations this past week about how delayed gratification is a a concept that, um, especially in our modern culture here in the United States, I don't know what it's like in Africa or Australia. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that probably in the uh, uh, some societies that are similar to the United States, it's similar. But we don't really learn about delayed gratification. You know, people, when they get married, they want to duplicate what they experienced after just leaving home. So they have to have everything in place. You know, they want that kind of modern everything. And I'm grateful that we grew up with parents and grandparents that lived through the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. Because these folks stood in bread lines. They didn't have gas for their cars. 
they were living through world wars, you know, first one, then second one. And what we learned from them was, if you want it, then you put money away in order to purchase it. So like, I had no allowance. I started a stock in shelves in my grandfather's neighborhood grocery store in the second grade, 50 cents an hour. Okay, that was huge. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if I wanted something, my dad said, well, okay, Mike, then save your money for it. And it's like, oh, he's teaching me delayed gratification. Everything is about responsibility first, then comes the joy. It was kind of like delaying gratification. So I kind of have that in my frame of mind. Teaching our children about that was easier in the 70s, 80s, and 90s than it is now. Yeah. And I think, wow, we still live in this culture of immediate gratification, but we still postpone much more often than is necessary because mm -hmm. I have savings. We could do it. And I said, well, let's just, let's do some bids. Let's see. Maybe we don't want to do it now. Maybe we postpone it for a year. We still operate that way. But how do you teach that? It's kind of like you have to be intentional <coughs> about wanting to practice that. Mm -hmm. For example, we have a daughter who lives in East Nashville. She has a six-year-old daughter, a nearly four-year-old daughter, a two-year-old son and just gave birth to oh, a wow. baby uh, four weeks ago, tomorrow. <clears throat> that home is very, very busy. What she's done is she, she doesn't want technology in their home. She wants to reduce it almost entirely because she's apparently done some reading on you know, technology and what have you. Mm -hmm. So she says, let's create outdoor space. So they fenced in their front yard in a, with, with an iron fence. They have a fenced-in backyard. They have uh, Santa Claus brought them a climbing dome in the backyard. Nice. They just built in the enclosed their deck. So now the kids can be out there year-around. And it's always, they don't even know that TV is an option. They don't even know these things are an option. They don't let them talk on their cell phone. They have a landline if they want to call and talk to Papa wow. and Grandma. It's like... Wow, you are so counterculture here. And I'm thinking, how will your kids do this? She said, I want them to learn that they don't have access to things right now, that they have to figure it out. Like, well, I don't know what to do. You'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. well, but would you reach me? I'm not able to right now. You'll figure it out. It's like she's being intentional, or they are being intentional about incorporating this this idea of delayed gratification. Just figure it out. Even if you have to read your own book. She doesn't feel responsible to jump in and parent them in that moment. And yeah. I just think, oh, I love watching her because she's really, really, they're really, really intentional about trying to help them learn delayed gratification. So I think that's the answer to your question, long way around, is when parents decide, let's teach delayed gratification mm -hmm. here. Oh, how do we do that? How do we incorporate that? Well, we have to model it first. Oh, and then we have to incorporate it in our instructions. I go, mm -hmm. oh, okay. So, so do you think delayed gratification is a spiritual discipline? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think it comes from culture. I, I don't know if my parents thought of it as a spiritual <laughs> uh, application so much, but it was how they operated because they truly let God, they, God was their source of getting through those hard yeah. times. You know, when they didn't have food, what did they do? They warmed up beans and rice, you know. Uh, they, they just figured out, that well, they didn't have heat. Well, what do they do? They just put wood in the fire. You know, they just figured it out. It's like, 
we don't have as much of that now. We don't have a wood-burning stove in our house, you know. Uh, and, and so I, I think it is, it's good when you can combine it with the spiritual. Mm -hmm. Because then now it's God's on your team helping you develop. I mean, yeah. it's, you can almost think of it kind of in the lens of fasting. Absolutely. Right? Of, yeah. I want this new outfit or I want these new shoes. I'm intentionally going to wait a month for it. Yeah. You know, I'm intentionally going to um, try to cultivate kind of that. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's a really cool idea for sure. Yeah. Thinking of delayed gratification and kind of the spiritual sense of building patience. Yes. Well, it, I think that's the combination here is the, the gift of the fruit is patience and self-control. Mm -hmm. And so you're incorporating that. And how do you do that? Through faithfulness. Oh, that's a, that's a fruit of the Spirit. What does that mean? It's being faithful to the principles of God. Mm -hmm. Because those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run mm -hmm. and not be weary, walk and not faint. So teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. So there is you that. You should write a song. Uh, Isaiah 40, 31, I think. It is. But that, that idea, it's like it's a biblical principle that God calls us to be patient and wait upon him, not be in such a hurry to get what we want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you even think about the Israelites in the desert waiting 40 years and Jesus in the desert waiting 40 days. Like, you know. When it, comes, when it comes to new life situations, you're like, oh, let's get this new job. Let's, let's do this. And, you know, sometimes we need this, this time in between to just sit back and process and reflect during transition. Building on that idea, Jake, because I think that that's something that Jesus demonstrates and we don't even acknowledge it. Like, have you ever wondered why Jesus didn't start his ministry before he was 30 years old? I mean... His one purpose on coming to earth <laughs> was to bring good news, mm -hmm. to teach the world about his loving father, and he, he just took care of his family, he took over his, dad's, his stepdad's business, he, he was the older brother to all the siblings, and it's like, talk about delayed <clears throat> focus. I'm thinking, if I was God and I was going to send my son, okay, do that for your first 21 years, then let's get busy, because there's a world to teach. And then, this is mind-blowing to me. So he starts his ministry, and he seems like he is really patient and just takes his time. And then, in the midst of some things that are happening with apostles and what have you, and things that are going around with the Jews and the Pharisees, Jesus says, I'm going up to the hills to pray. <laughs> it's like, what? I mean, come on. You, you're God. Why do you need that? And I'm thinking the whole time he's teaching us about delayed gratification and taking care of yourself personally and being in the moment with God and not being in such a rush. Because Peter, I think, was always in a rush. Oh, and, yeah. and Jesus was not. It's like, wow, we can actually pause, take a deep breath, and say, God, this is you. This is your world. It's your kingdom. We're simply your servants. So show us the way and let us just embrace you in your time frame, not push our own. Hey, we're out of time. Can I pray? Oh, of course. Thank you. Gracious God, thank you very much for um, your presence in this gathering. We appreciate you in the way that you display patience with us. Thank you for modeling through Jesus, through those that live before us, through our family members that live before us and for the lessons that we're learning now in real time to adopt 
you, the Holy Spirit's desire to, to strengthen the patience within us. And may we give you the glory when we're successful. And may we give you the glory when we're not because you're simply wanting to teach us. And so help us to be appreciative of even those more painful moments of being taught about the value of letting the Spirit lead us into patient response, to delay gratification, and to trust you for the good things that we need for this life. May all glory be yours. In Jesus I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all for that great conversation. Well, enjoyed it. Thanks, Lizzie, for the nice meeting you as well.